what's up, everybody? We are back with the Hot by Happy Hour. Got the boys with me, Kobe, Sammy. What's going on, Sammy? Nothing much, buddy. Uh, hanging out. I uh, had, a, had a busy weekend. Had a, a buddy in town that uh, from the Navy. Uh, was on the ship with, uh, with me and your father. A uh, good friend of mine. He was in town. So, uh, you know, just, just hung out with him. Uh, right now, hanging out, having a, uh, an Oliva Milano V, one of my go-to cigars. Uh, got it at bestcigarprices.com. If you're going to get a cigar, you should do the same. Uh, good friends of ours, been with us for almost a year now. Uh, got a promo code Sammy Claus like we always do. Started it last Christmas, so uh, it's been around a while, 10% off the entire store. And I'm, uh, I'm drinking a, a sip of sunshine, Lawson sip of sunshine, real good IPA uh, out of the Vermont area. Uh, it's really just uh, regional right now. I think it's as far as Philadelphia, but it's getting out there, and it's one of the best. Uh, might be the best IPA that I've ever had, and that's quite a statement. Hey, uh, and before I go on, I, I got to tell you guys a, a quick funny story about my buddy that was here. So he's got a six-month-old daughter, and uh, she, while she's sleeping, has a little accident in her pants like kids do. But this one's bad. Like, goes up her, uh, goes up her back, goes up her, her stomach, so she's got some, some poop everywhere. And he decides that the easiest way to clean her up, this is about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, is to take a shower with her. And if he's going to take a shower at four o'clock in the afternoon. Why not have a shower beer? So he goes into, my, goes into my beer fridge and he finds a beer. Good old uh, dogfish head. Doesn't think anything of it. What he didn't realize as he drank this entire beer in his 10 to 15 minute shower was that it was a 120 minute IPA. And oh, God. To him. So he pounded a 20% beer in the shower. And we were all confused, his wife included. So why he was a little bit loopy while I was driving to dinner about an hour later. And then he said something about the shower beer and I asked him what he had. And, and that's when we figured out, oh, the dude got a head start on us. He didn't start at a jog. He started at a sprint today. Oh my God, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is incredible. Yep. Might as well have been taking tequila shots. Like a dog. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> might as well have just slammed two shots and taken your shower. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, right, don't knock until you try it. <laughs> I mean, I, I can think of uh, a lot of beers that I would like Shark to pound in a shower, um, just because they're refreshing. A Dogfish Head twenty minute, I, a one twenty minute IPA is not one of those. That's a heavy beer on top of it, and a shit. Beers aren't alcohol. usually what I'm thinking about pounding in the shower, but whatever. All right, let's keep this going. <laughs> family Whoa. show, family show. Whoa. Family. Whoa. <laughs> Kobe, tell us about yourself tonight. I am back for the third week in a row. I'm drinking that uh, Frighteningly Fresh uh, from Stone again. It's delicious. That's the last week that they're going to be selling it. It goes off on Halloween. Oh, and it looks like, according to Quinn, he's going to be drinking it as well. I am indeed. It's a fucking fantastic beer. It's incredible. Quinn, why don't you tell them more about it? Yeah, it's a um, it's a hazy double, um, and the the main hop it's brewed with is uh, the Citra hops. It's a very aromatic hop, and it really can dominate the flavor palette of a beer. So it's got a very citrusy taste to it, and it it definitely makes sense that it's something that Kobe loves. And if you drink stone and you're a fan of the tangerine express, you will love this beer. Um, go out and try to get it 
this week because on Sunday it is gone. Um, it is the it's part of their enjoy by series. It's enjoy by October 31st. That's why it's you know frighteningly fresh. They do different enjoy by series for all the holidays. This one being for Halloween. Um, and when it says that it they they really mean it. If you own it, if you have some, finish it by by Sunday. That is when you should be finished with those beers. They are no, they there. It's like a sell by date, and it's literally the name of the beer, part of the name of the beer. So, if you got them, gone by Sunday. Enjoy by then. But what uh, else going on? What else is going on with you, Quinn? Uh, you know, I've been hanging out. I've been playing a little bit more Madden lately. I've kind of been getting back into it. Um, made a guy rage quit out of a CFM franchise this week, so that was cool. I was the, the entire franchise. Oh yeah, he left the whole league. Um, it was twenty-eight. I beat him twenty-eight nothing with the Chicago Bears, and he had the Packers. Yeah, he should have rage quit or just quit in general. Yeah, he yeah. should just delete the game. He finished the game and then proceeded to leave the entire league. The best part is, like, I traded. I did make a trade in that league. I brought in Kenny Galladay. I traded Mooney and a guard for Galladay. Um, but. I think Galladay had one reception and Allen Robinson had two. And then everything else was to Marquise Goodwin. And Goodwin tore him a new asshole. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I will not be playing Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On after that comment. But if you do want to get it on, you could get it on with Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive awarded over $140,000 in guaranteed prizes, and that was just for NFL Week 1. And as a whole, they have awarded over $4 million. Every week, Thrive has a featured $100,000 guaranteed contest. It is $20 to enter, and the first place takes home twenty grand. Use promo code FFAFFAIR when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, boys. We got a good show coming up here. We're going to go over week seven. We're going to talk about the bi-pocalypse and how you dealt with those six teams all on bye week this week. We're going to go over, as always, our game picks and our X factors for this week's shots fired. And then, of course... Kobe's prime beef take, Sammy's number one bullshit. I'll hit you with a music moment and we'll bounce out of here. Y'all ready? Yeah, buddy, let's do it. Let's All get right. it on. Let's get it on. All right, so week seven, my boys were on a bye. Kobe's boys were on a bye. Sammy, your my, boys were playing, though. My bucks were basically on a bye. They played the Chicago Bears. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, that, was, uh, uh, things happen uh, there. Yeah, how did Fields do in your fantasy team this week, Quinn? We'll talk about that in the next segment. Yeah, it was. A, he, he is part of my bipocalypse. It was a. Uh, it was a weird. Uh, it, it was a weird week, you know, with the buys that you talked about, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. I didn't have a, a whole lot of shares. You know, the games that I was most most interested in, uh, the Tampa Bay game. Uh, most of my family is Green Bay fans, so I somewhat follow them. That both of those games weren't really close, even though that that uh, Washington Green Bay game was a a ten point game in the end. It never really felt like that. And uh, there were some weird things that happened in that game. Uh, did you guys happen to see the uh, the Heineke touchdown run? That wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, one of my one of my good friends is a Washington fan, and he was not happy with the officiating on Sunday. Dude, that's that's a good call though. The guy gave himself up. So if you guys didn't see it, uh, it's third and what one or two, something like that. Third yeah. Goal. You know. Third and uh, short. Third, and, third, yeah, third and goal from the one or two. Heineke gets out of the pocket. He's he's running towards the pylon. He's I don't even know why he slid. He could have easily made it into the end zone, and for whatever reason, he gave himself up and dove. And he had the ball in his right hand. And when he went down, he was short, but he gave himself up. So yeah, he didn't die for the end zone. He gave himself up and the officials called him down and then they ended up not getting it into the end zone. And it was, it was funny because he did the Lambeau leap in Lambeau to the one Washington fan in the entire stadium for a touchdown that didn't count. That's right. So uh, was, Lambeau leap. I think um, the, the most Washington football team stat I think I've ever heard came out this Sunday. They had over 400 yards of total offense and scored 10 points. They were over 400 yards of offense with seven points scored that game. That is incredibly incompetent. It was, it was a weird game. It was a weird game. The Heineke's numbers were impressive though. 268, uh, one and one. And then he had 95 on the ground. He should have had that touchdown. Should have been 96. 96 with, a, with two touchdowns and a pick, too. Mm -hmm. But that's the rule. I mean, they even caught it on Rodgers last year against the Bucs. I mean, that's that's the rule, unfortunately. That's the rule. Hey, so so speaking of that game and, and Rodgers, something that I found interesting looking at the stats this week, Aaron Jones, six carries, 19 yards. And I started thinking about it. I was like, really, have I seen Aaron Jones do a whole lot on the ground so far this year he's averaging 65 yards a game in his last five games now granted he, he does get some touches in the in the passing game and I'll, I'll give you that but it's that even that's a little bit hit and miss uh you know they kind of come in bunches in in games and then he'll go a, a game or two where he doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of targets and I, I just thought that 65 yards rushing for the last five was interesting Any, anything we think we should take away from that um yeah, because I think the big one is, like you were saying, the passing game is hit or miss. And, like, if if he was consistently getting looks through the air, like, if he, it was like, you know, he's only getting 65 yards a game on the ground, but, you know, he's getting at least six targets, seven targets a game. You know, I can live with that. Because the second you said 65 yards on the ground a game, that immediately made me think of Eckler. And if you look at, like, his numbers, 57, 54, 55, he had a game with 117, 66, and seven yards on the ground and on the season. But outside of the Washington game, where he got zero targets, he got nine targets, six targets, five, five, and seven targets. 
Yeah, but like, see, if I'm if, I, if I'm a guy that owns him, and I'm only getting 65 yards on the ground, I want him getting more than five targets. I want him, I want him at a higher level in the passing game. And I don't mean like the 19 targets we've talked about before about Najee Harris, um, or or like a Reggie Bush back. And I don't mean anything like that. But I'd like to see him consistently seven, eight, maybe even nine targets in, yeah. in a game. And, and, and if you're getting that really many happening. targets, yeah. And if you're getting that many targets, because the other thing that I was just noticing, looking at Eckler's stats, like against Dallas, he had nine targets. Well, he caught all nine of those against Kansas city he had six targets. He caught all six. He only caught three of his five against the Raiders, but he was five of five. And then, uh, out of seven targets, he got four against the Ravens. And then well, you look at like, you go, know, go to, Aaron, go, to, go, to Aaron, go to Aaron Jones's receiving. Cause what I want to know, cause the other thing is Eckler is finding the end zone a lot. And I don't think Aaron Jones is no, he has two touchdowns all season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then receiving wise, two targets, six targets, two, four, five, four, five. And he's catching almost every si- Actually, he literally only has one time that he was targeted that he didn't make the catch. And that was against the Steelers. Not he was one. four targets, three receptions. Next one down against Cincinnati too, but we're splitting hairs there. Oh so yeah. He's got, he's got, but he's got, uh, he's catching a lot of the balls to get thrown to him. He just not getting a, the ball thrown to him a lot. It's weird. His usage is, is way down from what we expected of a, a low-end running back one, a uh, high-end running back two. That's yeah. Randall Cobb coming back. So those third downs, those uh, checkdowns, they're going to Randall Cobb. They're not going to Aaron Jones anymore. Could be something to that. I'm curious because in, in 2020, he got 63 targets. He's at 28 right now, and, I mean, he's currently playing as we speak. Or, no, he's not. I don't know why I think the Packers are playing tonight. You're an idiot. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, his his catch percentage is way up. Look at his catch percentage every year. It's in, like, the mid-70s. He's at 92.9 this year. And it, it's, Yeah. It's, it's I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting stat because it's not – it's one of those where he's definitely doing everything that they need him to do for the Packers to win, but it's not helping in fantasy, but it's probably not going to change. Yeah. Hey, so, so changing gears to something that you and I, the three of us texted about this weekend, I thought it'd be a good pod topic. Um, so Derek Henry, 29 rushes, 86 yards. Um, you know, we kind of had, had our, our thoughts on that and, and some of them were opposing, you know, just, Kobe, what do you what did you think about that? So, I thought going into this game, Derrick Henry is absolutely going to decimate the worst running defense in the league. Second worst, the Chargers exist. Oh, sorry, the second actually, worst. I was going to say technically they might be the worst now, just because they've given up more yards because they've played another game. But yeah, I think it goes more yards per game. But shut the fuck up, Quinn. But um, the point is, they're one of the worst. One of the worst rush defenses in the league. I was watching, you know, I watched that game and I watched a lot of the highlights. Pretty much every snap that I can recall, they had at least like at least six in the box. Usually seven. Usually uh, had the safeties up. One or both of the safeties within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. And they ran a lot of zero. A lot of zero uh, coverage. 
a lot of cover one to be able to send five, six, sometimes seven people um, to, and they were selling out. They were not playing the, the pass at all. I mean, look, uh, he only, uh, Derek Henry only had what 86 yards and it was right around three yards of carry. Yep. 2.97. Um, and then you have Ryan Tannehill and to the AJ Brown connection. And they had what almost 300 yards passing. Yeah, he threw for 270. Yeah. So Tannehill threw for 270. Um, Completed 77% of his passes. I was going to say it's his highest completion percentage of the year by by 10%. It's his second best QBR of the entire season, with the exception of the Jacksonville game, which that's the Jaguars. Who cares? Um, and it's his it's his third highest yards on the season because he threw for. 347 against Seattle, but he also threw 40 passes in that game. And he threw for 298 against the Jets, but he threw 49 passes in that game. He only threw 27 passes. He completed 21 of them and threw for 270 and a score. It's his highest yards per attempt by a pretty decent chunk. Like, it was very clear that going into that game, the Chiefs were saying, we're going to make Tannehill beat us. And Tannehill said, okay, I'll beat you then. And then did it. So, so that, that right there is an MVP move, by the way, by uh, Derrick Henry, that defenses are so fucking terrified of him that they'll, they'll just abandon covering the pass at all. Yeah. And, and it's like, because one of the things we were talking about earlier today was, you know, we were talking about how almost every play they had seven or eight in the box. And Sammy, something that you said was, you know, well, yeah, because they don't want Derrick Henry to beat him. They want Tannehill to beat him. And, and you're right. And I don't think the point that Kobe was making was that it was a dumb move by the Chiefs, but just that it was a true, like a picture of just how good Derrick Henry is, that a team is more willing to let a quarterback throw to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones than let Derrick Henry run that ball. Yeah, so... Like, that is so a good receiving core. And they were like, nah, we don't care about that. I mean, that's, that's, so that's one thing that, that kind of, when, when we were going back and forth, I went and looked at the stats and we all knew I got some AJ Brown share. So I know how well he did. Um, I knew how well Tannehill had done because I was prepping for this show. The next best receiver on that team was Julio Jones, two catches, 38 yards. Yep. So really it was one guy. So, so here's the question that I would have. Is that viable? If, if you are able to take every other piece of the, of the Tennessee offense off the table with the exception of A.J. Brown, I would play that every week. And the reason I say that is I don't have faith in the consistency of Ryan Tannehill to have that type of 21 or 27 performance. I also think the Chiefs' defense is down. So if I'm a, a team with a serviceable defense, I would just keep doing the same thing. I would do that to them every game this season. I mean, it it might it might be enough. I mean, I w I'm looking now at uh, Tannehill's numbers from last year. You know, in his, he, yeah, obviously he didn't miss a game. Um, through 65 and a half percent on the season, which is technically a hair down this year, but not really. 65.1 this year. Um, threw for 3,819 yards, 33 touchdowns. Um, Where's my, yep, yards per attempt is slightly up last year. But 
like I feel like if your quarterback is throwing for you know almost four thousand yards and your running backs running for two thousand, good fucking luck. Yeah, but see, that's what I mean. I think you got to take one of those away, and and you take away Derrick Henry, <clears throat> and you make you make Tannehill beat you. You may you, you let Derrick Henry touch the ball twenty nine times on the and get eighty six yards or whatever it was. I mean, it was not a, a good rushing performance from him. No, it was significantly his worst game in yards per attempt, especially coming off of games where he averaged 4.76, 4.48. And against Buffalo, he averaged 7.15 a carry. And then he drops to 2.97. It was the only game where the stats are comparable is when they got shellacked by the Cardinals week one. And he had 17 carries for 58 at 3.41 an attempt. But he did have a passing touchdown. So, you know, Derrick Henry. He did. He did. Doing things. MVP is a quarterback trophy. Derrick Henry, hold my ponytail. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna, you guys mind if I go down some of the other things I took away? And if you yes, guys want to do it and talk about them. All right. So, uh, with, with Miami, Jalen Waddle, seven catches on eight targets, 83 yards. He still has a low yards per completion. I don't think it's going to stay that way. Keep getting the ball underneath. They're waiting for him to break it. It will happen at some point. Uh, this might be one of those situations where you see some some owners who are getting a little bit of anxiety about how they're performing, and, and you might be able to swoop in and get them, get them low. Another one I think you could get low, but the stock is definitely going up quickly, is Michael Carter from the Jets. He only had 11 carries for 37 yards, but he had eight catches on nine targets for 67 yards. He hasn't really – I think he's gotten the end zone once this year. I would buy now because they're going to have to lean heavily on him now that Zach Wilson is hurt and he's out. Uh, I think you're going to see his production go up pretty significantly. Uh, two guys that played in the same game, and they, they got a lot of burn because of injuries, and I'm just wondering what you guys think about their long-term viability. Is Kenny Gainwell, who had five for 20 on the ground, four of eight targets for 41 yards and a touch, and then Kenyon Drake, who came in for Josh Jacobs, 14 carries, 69 yards, one touch, and then three for three in the passing game, 10 yards. Um, you know, with, with Jacobs getting hurt and Miles Sanders leaving the game, you know, you guys think that they might be viable moving forward? Um, I've, all, I've always been a big fan of Kenyon Drake. Um, I actually thought that he was better than Josh Jacobs just flat out. I knew he wasn't going to win the job, but I thought that I, I've always been a big Kenyon Drake fan last, like, three or four years when he's really kind of came into his own as like a viable option. I have thought that he was good. I liked him in Arizona the last few years. Um, I was actually really disappointed when I saw him go to the Raiders. Cause I knew that was going to thrust him into a timeshare. And I feel like he excels more if he can be the guy. So if Jacobs is down long-term, I think Drake is a great guy to have in fantasy. Jacobs just can't stay healthy right now either. That's the thing. That's why I, I think Kenny Drake has some upside. My, my big thing is uh, whenever Jacobs is healthy, and I have I have a good amount of stake in um, – or a good amount of share in uh, Drake, it just seems like it's very touchdown uh, dependent. So, like, he, he'll only get a few targets. He'll only get a few touches – He's usually pretty efficient with what he gets, but they don't give him a lot, so it's really dependent on whether or not he gets in the end zone. Last couple of weeks, he's found his way into the end zone, but you know we'll see long term. Is is Jacobs healthy? 
Like he left with a chest contusion or something. I don't know what that means. You know, it could be anything from a, a bruised sternum to a cracked rib. God only knows. So, you know, that's one of those wait and see ones. Uh, and the last, last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I, this, this actually surprised me. So it wasn't necessarily that, that Debo Samuel had seven receptions on 11 targets for 100 yards and a touch. It was when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, I keep seeing his name pop up in these box scores a lot. And I went back and I looked at his last five games. He's averaging 10 targets a game over his last five. He's I've, I've said before that I didn't really like that San Francisco wide receiving core. He is surprisingly becoming not just the go-to target, but possibly the only target in that passing game. So, uh, you know, that's just one to, to think about. I, it'd probably be tough to move him right now or to go get him. But uh, I just wanted to bring that up. Ten targets a game for the last uh, five games. Yeah, I've got a little bit of stock in Debo. And if he's healthy and the Niners are playing, he does not leave my starting lineup. Um, hey, you know who doesn't leave my starting lineup? I just saw the highlights during halftime here. Is, uh, is Cooper Cup. I've got him in, in three of my six <laughs> leagues, and he's on pace to beat Calvin Johnson's record for yards in a season by receiver. It's absolutely it, crazy. Every it's, week. it's insane. Cooper Cup is the reason that I had a bad weekend. So we'll talk about right. that in the next topic. Yeah, <laughs> I was um, I was I was kind of looking at um, well, while y'all were talking because we were talking, you were talking about Jalen Waddle, Sammy. I was doing some statistical research on uh. Tua and Waddle. And I was looking at mainly what I was looking to see is if Waddle's yards per target went up when Brissett was in. They didn't really. It was pretty, it was pretty on par with Tua. Um I think it's a scheme thing. Yeah. I, I think they're scheming him into into short passes to get him the ball in space. And I don't think it's working but, yet. That, that's why I say he's gonna break one eventually. But so what I will say is I did look up um Tua versus uh Blaine Gabbert. The reason I did that, and you might know it, it's known as the Gabbert zone. Averaging under seven yards per attempt. The Gabbert zone. Tua very healthily falls into that uh, category. Blaine Gabbert, by the way, on his career, averaged 6.1 yards per attempt through the air. That ain't great. Nope. Two is at six and a half. That's right down there with him. Yep. That is not where you want to see did you pull up Brissett when he was starting this year what was he for attempt i'm curious if it's a scheme thing or if it's a quarterback thing definitely look it up um so Brissett on the season that one doesn't really count uh definitely down there as well um it's scheme it's it's a hundred percent scheme because he's at Brissett was at 5.6 yards per attempt and I know that he's a guy that that can push the ball down the field. He did it more when he was with uh with the Colts. All right, anything else you guys got for takeaways from uh from week two? You want to talk about any specific games or players? Um, no, we hit on the. I guess to kind of go back to that Chiefs uh, Titans game. Um, I think the Chiefs just suck. Sucks a strong word. Yeah. I think they suck. Hey, can I give you can I give you guys a hot take that absolutely sucks? Sure. 
So my brother has texted me for the last two weeks, and he is very high on this 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 take, and I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. I ignored it last week, and this week I just said, you're an idiot. Stop texting me. He keeps telling me that the reason the Chiefs are struggling is because they miss Sammy Watkins and they don't have a number two wide receiver. The first time I just threw up in my mouth and ignored him. The second time I had to tell him how dumb he is. Please tell me that you guys don't agree with him. I mean, there's a little bit of base in it, but at the same time, the Chiefs, Sammy Watkins never really fit what they were wanting to do. They wanted Kelsey and pure fucking speed. So let me give you the stats. They have. Let me, let me give you the let me give you the stats that, that I absolutely shut him down with today. There were six games that Sammy Watkins missed last year uh, for, for the Chiefs, and in those six games, I don't have the text right in front of me, but it was something along the lines of 32 catches for Tyreek Hill, 388 yards, and he was specifically talking about his killing Tyreek Hill. That was, he said the Chiefs in general, but mostly Tyreek Hill. Six games, uh, 30 to 32 catches, 388 yards, and six touchdowns in the six games that, that Sammy Watkins missed. And that kind of shut his argument down. Yeah, I just wanted to look real quick to see look. this Chiefs season, right? So, you know, we, they, they beat the Browns off the Browns having a bad punt. Uh, then the Ravens beat them. And then the Chargers beat them. Then they beat the Eagles. They lose to the Bills. They beat Washington. And they get shellacked by the Titans. So, I mean, the two wins that they have, the three Three. wins that they have. Are against teams with a losing record. Yeah. Well, the two NFC East teams. Mm -hmm. And then the Browns, which arguably the Browns probably should have beaten them. Browns would have. Wasn't for that block punt. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's one of those plays that, like, abnormally swings a game in one team's favor. It's mm-hmm. a game of inches. And it all, it's how it always goes. If he was Yo. able to get it off or catch we're it, and the, not, you know what I mean? It's we're just, getting the cliches. We're getting the cliches going today. Gotta love game the cliches. But Joe here's Buck's another on cliche. the podcast, huh? Here's another cliche. Defense wins championships. Who has one of the worst defenses in the league like we already talked about? The Chiefs. They spent all of their money on quarterback and skill positions. They forgot to build the core of the fucking team. Yeah. And that is why they will finish eight and nine. Hey, what, yeah, one no, thing I what said, I was saying, uh, what I was going to say, Sammy, to the uh, Sammy Watkins point, I think they're missing both of their offensive tackles a whole lot more than they're yeah, missing absolutely. Sammy Watkins. I, I, I said that in the, the preseason. Uh, but I wanted to look at the rest of this Chiefs season and kind of think about this real quick. So they play the Giants. The Chiefs should beat the Giants. There's not a world where well, the Giants it depends. Beat them, Is Daniel right? Jones lining up a quarterback or a wide receiver? No, it's so that's a that's a that's a Chiefs win. Go through them quick. Yep. Packers. I think the Packers win. Yep. Raiders. Ooh, Actually, it could we could we agree that they split with the Raiders? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Cowboys. I think they lose to the Cowboys. By the way, if the Chiefs are on the bottom, it's in Kansas City. Thanks. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at the screen. I had something else up, but okay, go on. But yeah. um, So in Kansas city against the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys beat them. I think the Cowboys are better. Yeah, for sure. Keep going. Yep. I think the chiefs beat the Broncos. Yes. We'll say, you know, they, they split with the Raiders. Uh, They play the chargers again, this time in LA. I think the chargers get them again. Agreed. 
Uh, they play the Steelers in Kansas City. I think they can beat the Steelers because it's in Kansas City. If it was in Pittsburgh, I'd say the Steelers. Those are two, at this point, I think evenly matched teams. What do you think, Cody? You're the Steelers fan. I think the home field advantage swings it. Ask me closer to this game because part of part of me picking the Steelers way down the road, that offensive line has increased and gotten better every single week. All right, let's, let's go see let's how go. they are in December. So right now we'll go we'll go Chiefs then because yep. it's at home. So we'll go that. We'll I think that. the Bengals beat them and I think they beat the Broncos again. So that's seven wins that we just gave them. That puts them at what ten and ten on the season. So they'd be ten and seven. I think that makes the playoffs. It, it might eke in as like a seven seed. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think they missed the playoffs at 10 and seven because I think 10 and seven is tied for the seven or tied for the seven seed. And they're fucking, I think their divisional is going to be fucked. And they're confident. Because I think they drop one of those to the Broncos too. I don't think they drop a game. If they drop a game to the Broncos, they're out because that put them at nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. But the Broncos aren't good. I don't think they drop a game to the Broncos. I think, I think y'all are But divisional games are easy. Right. But. I, could, I, you, I definitely think it's let's possible. Say, let's say the Broncos are fighting to get into playoff position on that week 18. It's in Denver. They might yep. just win that. Or, gonna, or you could see the Steelers trying to fight for that seven seed. You well, that's know, what I'm saying. Week I think 16. the Steelers fighting for that seven seed has a chance to beat them, and those Broncos do, so they could end up eight and nine. Or you could see a world in week 17 where the Bengals aren't playing their starters because they're already clinched. Yeah, that's you, valid. You usually don't do that two weeks, two weeks before the end of the season. But if you're like, yeah, you know, we'd rather sit Burrow. You do if you're 14 and two or 13 and two. I mean, I don't think they're doing that, but you know, yeah, kind of my point. You know, there it is possible, but um, yeah, I think maybe they barely eke into the playoffs, or like y'all were saying, I think they might miss the playoffs on tiebreaker. All right, which that I'm, I, I maybe, you know, we'll do our research and come back to y'all on this uh, next week. Has there ever been a team that's made back-to-back Super Bowls and then missed the playoffs the next year? Pretty sure the Steelers did it in the seventies. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting to see how many times that has happened because that's one hell of a drop-off. I think those might've done it after they went to four straight. Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, so let's let's dive into the bipocalypse. We had six teams that a lot of people have a lot of fantasy stock in: the Bills, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Jaguars. All were on by this week, and especially you know, th- th- there's a lot of high-powered offense and a lot of high-valued receivers and running backs in all of these teams. Um, you know, how much did that impact you, I guess would be my biggest question. And then how, you know, in your kind of response to it, how'd you do, you know, work in your waiver wire and you, you know, your bench. Uh, I'll go, I'll go first for this one. Cause it's pretty quick for me. So I have uh, five, six different teams. And of those six teams, I had one share of Herbert and one share of Dalvin cook. So for me, it was pretty easy. Uh, I had no backup quarterback on my roster. I actually picked up Jameis off the waiver wire. It's not a dynasty league. It's a redraft, uh, picked up Jameis off the, di- uh, off the waiver wire. 
So I've kind of invested in my boy here uh, this week. And then with Dalvin, I, um, I had some bench strength and I played Leonard Fournette, uh, um, not Leonard Fournette, uh, Damien uh, Williams. I've, I'm going full, full dumbass. The New England running back, Damien. Damien Harris. Harris. Thank you. Which that he, definitely worked out for you. Yeah, he showed out for me. Um, 14, by the way, I recommend I recommend leaving him in your lineup because they're playing the Chargers, the worst run defense in football. Yeah, that's that's a plan moving forward. I mean, he yeah, well, back we to back hundred yard games, and I think it's going to be three in a row. So that that's that was it for me for the apocalypse. I don't know what that says about my teams that some of these big hitters I don't have a lot of shares or any shares in them. But I'll turn that back over to you guys. Um, so it affected me pretty heavily. Um, I have a hundred percent stake in Austin Eckler. Um, and so not having him hurt in one league, my two running backs are Eckler and Robinson, who are both on by. So in that league, I had to put in Mike, I ended up going Mike Davis and uh, Damian Harris. So Damian Harris uh, kept me alive. With, Mike Davis like, killed you. He Mike did. Davis he hurt, murdered me. Um, here's the thing. I had Jamar Chase in that league with the Burrow stack. So I was fine. Here's the problem. Dude, I was playing had Cooper Cup and the Tampa defense. Yikes. And that plays right into Quinn's Bipocalypse. Yes, it does. So I'll kind of run through some of these teams and tell you some of the guys I have stock in. Jaguars, I have LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones in a few leagues. Vikings, I have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in some of my leagues. Chargers, I have Herbert, Eckler, Allen, and Mike Williams in leagues. The Steelers, uh, I, I don't have anybody on the Steelers. Cowboys, I have Amari Cooper in one of my leagues. Bills, I have Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, and Stephon Diggs in some of my leagues. So I got destroyed by the Bipocalypse. There is a league where I have Diggs, Sanders, Thielen, Keenan, Eckler, Herbert, and Adam Thielen. In one league, I have all of those guys. I had six of my best players on bye in one league. You hear that? By, by the way, Kobe, did you catch that? He's got two Thielens in his lineup. That's pretty impressive. Oh, did I say Thielen twice? <laughs> hey, listen, sometimes it looks like Thielen's in two places at once, but he, it's one dude, I assure you. That's how Washington felt trying to guard Devontae Adams this week. Um, Speaking of Devontae Adams, he's got the COVIDs. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that that league, I think, because I showed Kobe my, uh, my bench uh, earlier today. And I think, and it's like a super deep, it's a, it's a dynasty league and the bench is super deep on it. Um, and I think my bench put up like a combined like 0.3 or something like that out of like 15 players. Cause everyone was either hurt or on by. So I also have Jared cook in that league and I have Kittle. Like it was, it was ugly. So like I was starting Adam Troutman in leagues uh, I doubt he's done anything. Uh, point of the matter is, as a result of this, I went 0-4 in my four leagues this week. That is what matters. That hurts. Yep, but all we of my buy now. issues we are out of the now. way. Yep, they're right. all out of the way. My team is pretty much full strength from here on out in just about every league. Yeah. So. That Darren Waller injury I thought was going to hurt me. But I think a lot of the leagues where you have Waller, you grabbed – uh, the backup tight end, didn't you? Well, so I had, so in one league, I had Gronk, who was also out. So I picked up Frank Moreau 
And the league where I have Waller, I actually was able to get uh, Hunter Henry. That'll do it. Henry's been good this year, too. And Henry in the first quarter caught a touch, or it was in the second quarter, caught a touchdown. I was like, all right, cool. That paid off. Because that's all you want. You want like seven or eight, seven to 10 points from your tight end, and you feel like you feel good about it. Yeah, I'm pretty certain Hunter Henry's on a touchdown streak as well. Yeah, oh, four consecutive game four. games with a touchdown. Yep. And, and he doesn't have to split with Johnny right now, who's hurt. Yeah. I mean, Johnny played this week, I thought. Yeah, he got hurt during the game. Oh. Yeah. So, like, that's four consecutive games with a touchdown with Johnny active. Now, Johnny's hurt. That might tick up. It'll Does be Hunter interesting. Henry become this... a tight end one? I think he arguably might have already been one. Just if you're averaging a touchdown a game, you probably are. With how weak tight end gets after like the first four or five in a 12-man league, I think he already was. Now he definitely is. It'll also be interesting him coming back and because it'll probably be Derwin on him. And, you know, they've, they've practiced against each other for quite a while. You know, he's coming back to play the Chargers, the team that drafted him and he played for for the – first chunk of his career listen i watched derwin james absolutely bully ben roethlisberger multiple and multiple good times and ben roethlisberger is great at the pre-snap reads and great at reading the defense i feel bad for mac jones i was gonna say you i, I remember me and you were talking about that pick he had when they played the steelers in sunday night football Dude, where he I started still, on I the left slot it. and came all the way across the field and oh. yicked it and that was the best part is I think it was on Sunday Night Football and they did the Madden cam thing. And I was watching it and, and Ben sees that Derwin is over here and we are good. And he sees that Jesse James, I think was the tight end at that point, mm -hmm. is over here. We're good. And somehow the very, very millisecond that it was snapped, Derwin James fucking hiked his little ass all the way to where Jesse James was going. He ain't little. He ain't little. I was about to say, I wouldn't say little. Okay, fine. He, he, Hiked his big ass. All right, let's see it. He is, uh, where is it? You're pulling up 20. 20. He's about 6'2, 220. All right, I know my Knowles. Yeah, 6'2, 215. Yeah, it's pretty fucking dead on. Would you measure him, Sammy? <laughs> I'd have, I'd have children. I'm just saying, the man does have an eight pack. Like, I'm not even tall enough to have an eight pack. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue us to our, uh, our game picks with a question here. So you talked about tight ends, and, and there's not a lot of tight end ones. What did you think about Ertz's performance for the Cardinals this weekend? He got a tutty. I know he did, and he got some targets. What, he's 66 yards, I think? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I did not pay a lot of attention to that game, but, you know, mainly because they were playing the Texans. I mean, five targets. He caught three for sixty-six in the score. Point spread. It, yeah, it, it actually score, uh, that spread shifted to twenty before kickoff. By the way, and they still his first game with the team, and he got sixty-six in a touch. Yeah, got him, and, and he had a rush for four yards. Don't forget the got, rush. I know they got him for a reason. I had him sitting my bench in a couple leagues, and uh, I didn't play him because I wanted to see what was going to happen, how they were going to utilize him. I am a uh, little bit high on that right it's now. It's the most yards he's had all season. Yeah. It's not the most targets, but it is yeah, the five, most yards. Five targets doesn't seem like a lot, but that's also his very first game in the system. 
and they've got a lot. They, they got a lot of miles to feed there. What I was going to say is, how many passes did Kyler only threw? Twenty eight passes. Wow, so... he got a, a, damn near a fifth of the targets. And I mean, he only threw twenty completions. But you know, I mean, on twenty eight targets, you're get or twenty eight attempts, you're getting five targets. That's not bad. Nope. Now I'm now I've delved into curiosity. Oh, so. Yeah, and I mean DeAndre Hopkins had a massive target share. I think um, Kirk had a pretty AJ good Green. target share. AJ too. Green, he was going to him on possession downs. Yeah, Kirk. See, Christian Kirk had five targets. He caught four for fifty in a score. I um, think AJ Green had like seven or eight, including that one on third and twenty-four. That's yeah. yeah all, AJ Green only had three targets. Oh, what the shit? I mean, he caught all three of them for 66. He oh, okay. actually had Zach Ertz's stat line minus the touchdown in the sense of receptions and yards. Um, but yeah, I would say five targets on 28 throws is a pretty good share, especially in an offense where, you know, Kyler Murray might throw 40 passes in a game. And yeah. then you see, er and that was his first game. I could see Ertz averaging seven to eight targets a game in that offense. I'll take that from a from a tight end. Oh hell yeah! But yeah, like you, like you said, um, the you know that does lead right into our game picks, which of course is a part of this week's shots fired. Now. As always with shots fired, the boys will have 30 seconds to make their picks and give out their X factors. I'll throw mine in there after they're done. Um, and if they run out of time on those 30 seconds, you'll hear this sound. <coughs> and they will be cut off and we'll move along. So here we go. Right so before, off the bat. Before we start, super quick, quick question. Is Devontae definitely not playing? There's no way he gets two negative tests before Thursday. He's, there's no way he plays. Okay. I don't see a world in which Devontae plays. Okay. Like, and I actually, fun fact, I sent you the tweet about it. I don't know if you saw it. The over-under on that game dropped by three points, and the point spread shifted by two points to Arizona the second it was announced that he had COVID. Second, Yes. It, it wasn't even like it adjusted over in a couple hours. I mean, it, was it was within five an minutes. immediate jump. Within five minutes, the spread shifted from three and a half to five and a half, and the over-under shifted from 53.5 to 50.5 quick, which tells you how much of an impact Devontae has on the game. But He really does. Let's get right into it. Kobe, we'll start with you. Cardinals, Packers. I think Cardinals going to eight and out. X factor, pretty simple. Um, that front four is definitely going to get after Aaron Rodgers. Who is he going to throw to after uh, Devontae Adams? Obviously, Randall Cobb, but can Randall Cobb, is he still young enough to hold on to that number one target share? So that's going to be the X factor there. Can Randall Cobb keep up with the, the Randall Cobb of old, so to speak? Sammy, what are your thoughts? So I'm going to go with Green Bay still. And my X factor is Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in the game. The uh, 
the dude will put that team on his back like Greg Jennings did in the Madden game all those years ago. doesn't matter if he's got a broken leg or not, and he'll carry that team to victory. I think you'll see the ball get spread around to a lot of names that us diehards are familiar with, but not everybody. So X factors, Aaron Rodgers and green Bay. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of passes to Robert Tunyon, but even still, I think without Devante, it's not going to be enough. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this game. And I think Kobe's right. I think they're going to eight now. Hey Quinn, before we go on, you want to recap where we stand? Oh yeah. That's a good idea. Um, So, Fun fact, um, for those of you who might have noticed that I didn't, literally as it was happening, me and Sammy had the exact same picks in week seven. So as a as no surprise, me and Sammy both went 10 and two. And then, hold on, hold on. Let's let's let the, le- the pull the curtain back a little bit. I keep the spreadsheet as we go through. It's not Quinn. So he wouldn't be aware of it making the picks. I recognized it because I'm putting them all in and I'm shaking my head every time he would pick the same team as me but it was not intentional by Quinn in, in any way, despite the fact that he goes I think last. it was. I think he just wanted to be like like, like Sammy. I mean, be like Sammy. We've been fucking back and forth all year. If anything, I would have wanted to pick one game different to fucking take the lead. But, but yeah, so we both went 10-2, and two, which leaves us tied now because last week I did get the Monday night game and Sammy didn't, which tied us back up. So we are both 74-32 and 32 on the year. Kobe as of right now is six and six and he went six and six on week seven and his overall record on the year is 60 and 46. Now Kobe did have the Seattle Seahawks tonight and me and Sammy both have the saints. I actually, I, I don't even have the game up. I don't know what the score is, but 10, seven in the third who uh, saints and oh, saints have so outside of that one Metcalf touchdown that I did see. Um, so Assuming the Saints hold on, me and Sammy will both shift to eleven and two on the week. Kobe will go to six and seven. Um, but which would be my only w- losing record on the year? I'm uh, still doing all right. Did you I'm remember just... last year, last week, buddy? I didn't yeah. get lose. I didn't lose. Uh, yeah, I did. I went. You six went like eight. it was worse than that. I was, it was six eight or something. Five, five and nine. Yeah. Five and nine. In week yeah. Six. Ouch. Ouch. But including, I suck, including a Washington over Kansas City. Man, I didn't that was this week. And a, I know that was last week. And a Houston and a Houston over Indianapolis. Yeah, that that did happen too. But you know, maybe I need to change my pick because me and Kobe are agreeing right now, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, no, I'm sticking with the cards. Next game we got here. I would say it's is it this week's toilet bowl? No. No, I mean, it's not going to be a great game, but I don't think it's the toilet bowl. Oh, uh, I think it's this week's toilet bowl. No, Eagles-Lions is the toilet bowl, I think. I don't I, – It's close. It's a tie. It's a tie. The tied toilet bowl, the Falcons oh, hosting toilet the bowl Panthers. A. Yeah, toilet bowl A, Falcons hosting the Panthers. The Panthers need to get back on track. More specifically, Sam Darnold needs to recover from getting benched for being shitty britches. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you. I'm going to go Atlanta, and I think the X factor is just like you said, Sam Darnold. Which Sam Darnold are we going to see? The one who started out, as Kobe likes to say, is the best running back in football through the first four games, or are we going to see the Sam Darnold the last few weeks? Uh, I, yeah, he's he's hit and miss right now. I expect him to be better than he is and more consistent than he's been. Uh, so he's my X factor, and I think we don't see it. It's going to be the Falcons. Kobe. 
Uh, oh, I think it's the Falcons. I expect a multi-touchdown game from Kyle Pitts. That's my X factor. He's going to find the end zone on this defense. They don't really have a rushing attack without CMC. Um, Chuba Hubbard isn't really adding up to what, you know, he was kind of hyped up to be out of college. You know, that, that, that year off seems to be taking a toll. Um, so I'm going to go Falcons, Kyle Pitts getting in the end zone. When? Yeah. Um, sorry. I was, I was double checking to see if Stefan Gilmore will play. And I think he's supposed to he's supposed to. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Panthers. I think Stefan Gilmore coming back to that team opens them up just a little bit more. Is he playing uh, defensively? I think Sam Darnold figures his shit out. Um, you know, I you know I think I know what the issue is. Actually, we're getting close to Halloween. Darnold's seeing ghosts again. Um, so you know. He's got to he's got to get that out. I think you know he's gonna go he's gonna go get an exorcism this week uh, before the game, so you know he stops seeing all that stuff. Um, and Darnold will be just fine. So I'm gonna take the Panthers here. I still like Chuba Hubbard. I think their rushing attack is okay even without CMC. I like that receiving core. I think that secondary is significantly better. I think that defense was already good. Now you're adding a Stephon Gilmore that's healthy. I I think that they can get the Falcons even in Mercedes Benz. I think they got. Them. I'm about to put a timer on you. Next game we got here, Bills, Dolphins. Should be quick. Uh, Sammy. X Factor is whatever the Bills want to do. Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) Kobe. Uh, Barring Josh Allen getting traded to the Dolphins for a pack of bubblegum. It's the Bills by 112. Yeah, this game isn't close. It's real simple, actually. Allen good, Tua sucks, Bills. <laughs> Next game we got here, we got Turnover Man Fields hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Kobe. Um, <clears throat> I'm going 49ers, obviously. I'm thinking the X Factor is ball security. Um. One thing that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have trouble with is throwing interceptions as well. So he can uh, let teams stay in games whenever they should be winning. So if he does that and Fields doesn't turn the ball over five damn times, there's actually a chance for this game to be pretty close. I'm still taking 49ers. Sammy. Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers. I think the X factor is the pass rush from San Francisco. Uh, just getting in field space, making him uncomfortable, getting him off his spot. Uh, he hasn't really shown the ability to throw out of the pocket or on the run like I expected him to, to the level I expected him to throw uh, from coming out of college. So that pass rush is my X factor. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, uh, fuck Matt Nagy, fuck Justin Fields, Niners. Next game we got here. Kobe, this one, I'm going to go to you first because it's going to hit close to home. The Browns hosting the Steelers, who you got? I'm perfectly okay with being wrong. I'm never, ever, ever going to pick Cleveland for this matchup, even if it's wrong. The X factor is going to be that offensive line versus Miles Garrett. 
um, who gets PED tested every single week with every time he goes without the sleeves, and Jadavian Clowney. If they can hold them off, I think they the Steelers have a legitimate chance to move the ball down the field, especially with no Chubb and no Hunt. I think they're both out for a little while, aren't they? Hunt's definitely out. I don't know about Chubb. Yeah. Have, um, you, have you heard any updates on him? I, th- I know Chubb could potentially play because there was a chance he could have played last week. Um, Even if it's only Chubb, that is st- where they only run the ball, that is still a lot of a lot of work. But, Sammy, your turn. I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well, and I think the X factor is, you know, just the lack of weapons that that uh, that Cleveland has right now. You don't have a full str- full uh, full strength Chubb. You're missing Hunt. You're missing uh, Baker. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him. I'm going to go the Steelers, even though it is in Cleveland. Yeah. I thought about taking the Steelers here, and then I remembered who the Browns' backup is. Case, good ball, Keenum. Never thrown a bad pass in his life. If you ever see an incompletion from good ball, the receiver messed up. It's never his fault. Browns win. Good ball's at the helm. (laughs) I hate you so much. I'm spreading the good ball lore, baby. Next game we got here, Toilet Bowl B. Lions (laughs) hosting the Eagles. Sammy, who you got? I'm going to go with the Lions. I think they get off the uh, get off that Ofer streak. They pulled out all the stops. I don't know if you guys saw at the beginning of their game against the Rams. Ran a fake punt. Ran a uh, an onside kick right off the bat in the first quarter. They're going to pull out Both all the worked. stops. Both worked. Uh, pulling out all the stops against a very good Rams team. Uh, I think you see the same type of coaching from uh, from Dan Campbell this week. That's my X factor. Just kind of that off the wall type decision making that we saw against the Rams. I think it can work against a shitty Eagles team. Kobe. I'm going with the Eagles and partially because I think the Eagles suck bad enough that they'll be out of position to the point that when they run that dumb shit, they'll actually be in position. Uh, But the X factor is uh, Jalen Hurts. Can he generate? Because we've seen flashes of excellence from him this season. He's not been great, but he's been pretty damn good at times. If we can get that Jalen Hurts for four full quarters, that team has a lot of decent weapons there, and it's going to be big. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions here. I feel like they're really good at playing teams close. Um, Both teams like to find a way to lose close games, but I think the Lions are kind of trying to right that ship more. Next game we got here. This one kind of intrigues me, and I think it's interesting. Um, the tickets are only $34 as the Colts host the Titans. I think this game is going to be a better game than a game that is only yet that you should be able to go to for 34 bucks. The next two games that are cheap, I, that they deserve to be, but this one, I feel like could be a really good game. Kobe, we'll start with you. It's Tennessee and it's the Colts Rundy is better than the, uh, um, chiefs by a good bit. So watch for them to ha- – I think the X factor is going to be can the Colts be successful with the same type of defensive scheme as the Chiefs where they're running that zero coverage and just say, we're going to smother Henry, do something else. Um, ultimately, I don't think it's going to work, but that's the X factors. If that works, then the Colts win. So it's going to be that defense for Titans. Sammy? Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. Uh, but, Quinn, while I'm talking, look up the uh, spread on this game. I'm kind of curious about it. 
Uh, I'm going to take the Titans, and uh, I think my X factor is going to be Carson Wentz. You know, we've seen some flashes from him where he's, he's put up some yards. We saw him be pretty, uh, pretty safe with the ball in some shitty weather against San Francisco just last night. Um, can he take care of the ball, and can he put up some numbers more than the 150 he did last night, you know, in the 250 to 300 range, and, uh, and carry him? So he's my X factor. I could see him having a good game and them winning, uh, but I'm still going to go the Titans. Yeah, uh, just pulled up the spread. Titans are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and it's in Indianapolis, which, you know, Vegas always gives three points to the home team. So that's – I could see this being a three-point game now. I, I think I think I really could. I think if I was a betting man, I would probably bet on the Colts, but I still I think the Titans pull it out. I am a betting man. I think I'm going to do that. But yeah, I think I think the Titans win that game, but I think it's a lot closer than anyone actually expects it to be. Now it's time to delve into not a toilet bowl, but just blowout city where tickets are $18 as the Jets host the Bengals. The Jets don't have Zach Wilson. They just traded for Joe Flacco, though. You know, he was, you know, once argued to be elite. Um, you know, can an elite quarterback like Joe Flacco lead the Jets over the Bengals? Kobe, we'll start with you. So the answer is deep. Yeah, it's no. Um, Joe, Joe Flacco at one point did own the AFC North, but he owned the AFC North on a much better team, and he owned it a decade ago. The Bengals are going to absolutely decimate this Jets team. The X factor is, like uh, Sammy said about the Bills, whatever the Bengals want to do. Sammy, uh, Sammy let's go to you. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I thought about using the same line, but you just did it for me. So, um, Sorry. I'm gonna, yeah, you're good. No, I'm going to go with, uh, with Joe Burrow. And the reason I'm going to go with him is, is just ball security. This is the type of game that you just can't turn the ball over and give them any hope of being in it. So, can Joe Burrow be safe with the ball, not turn it over, not give not give the Jets any hope, stay in it late into the fourth quarter? Yeah, I'm with both of y'all. This is a Bengals win. Uh, it should be, should be easy street this week. Next game we got here, the cheapest game of the week. Tickets are $16. Um, there's a chance Tyrod might be back for this one. Will it impact that? I don't think so. Uh, Texans, Rams, Sammy, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams, and my X factor is how long does it take for Jalen Ramsey to knock Tyrod Taylor back out of the game? Uh, the, the Rams defense is just going to suffocate Yikes. them. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the pod or if I said it pre-show with you guys. 180 total <gasps> yards by that Houston team. So, uh, yeah, they, they're not going to be able to do anything against a very, very good Rams defense. Kobe. Um, it's Rams. Uh, the X factor is whether or not they look ahead to next week against the Titans. That's if fair. If they show up with a game plan against the Houston Texans, they win this game. If they pull a Steelers and look ahead the bullshit team, which a lot of teams do it all the time, they could very easily drop this game, especially Davis Mills is actually playing very well. Um, arguably better than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. Time. Yeah, um, yeah, I got the Rams here as well. Um, Sammy, to your point, uh, I think my my question would be who is more dangerous to Tyrod's health, Aaron Donald this week or the Chargers team doctor? Um, Fair. And yeah, speaking of the Chargers, they're up next as they host the New England Patriots. Sammy, who you got on this one? I think this is going to be a pretty good game. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Chargers because they're coming off of a bye week. And I think the X factor here is kind of kind of the theme for all my X factors. It's kind of the, the quarterback from the other team that I'm picking against. Uh, I think if Mac Jones can take care of the ball, do some of the things that he's done in the play action game, get the ball down the field a little bit to a underrated wide receiver core, I think they have a chance. But I think at the end it's the Chargers, but the X factor is going to be Mac. Kobe. I'm going to take Chargers, but my X factor is Bill Belichick versus Herbert. Herbert is a rock star, and Herbert is an MVP candidate. He still is very young, and Belichick has a tendency to make young quarterbacks look like bad quarterbacks. So if he's able to come up with a scheme that gets him to run uh, run badly, and also they did just come off of the worst game ever. Um, I just went ahead and checked the point spread. The Chargers are five and a half point favorites. I, again, if I was a betting man, I'm taking the Patriots. Um, I think. Well, what does he always say about the, the Chargers? They almost always almost win. That has been my motto for the last few years. Being a Chargers fan, I can tell you the Patriots have had our numbers since the 06 playoffs. Thank you, Marlon McCree. Um, and I think this is the week that they could turn that around. And I've really debated this game. This is my biggest debate of the week because I don't want to pick against my Chargers. And I, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Chargers. I know we've got three players coming back defensively that are beneficial to our run D, including Drew Tranquil and Justin Jones. So I'm taking the Chargers. Next game we got here. It's another pretty cheap game, 40 bucks for a ticket. Seahawks hosting the Jags. Kobe, who you got? I'd like to make one caveat pick. The Jaguars, if James Robinson gets more than 25 or more than 20 touches. That's that's not how the caveat pick works, dude. That's a health thing. Not a health thing. He's going to play. But they never use him in the second half. I'm going to say it's the Seahawks because – they abandoned the run game. The Jaguars abandoned the run game. And the uh, X Factor is the play calling in the second half with getting James Robinson the ball. All right. Yeah. Caveat picks exclusively, like if a player's questionable. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, especially if it's like their wide receiver one or a quarterback or okay. their starting back. You're right. Back. You're right. Uh, Sammy. I'm going to go with the, uh, the Seahawks. And my X factor is the fact that the Jaguars don't have the capabilities to take advantage of a very poor Seattle Seahawks secondary. So I don't think they can they can spread the ball around through the air and, and get anything that way. Uh, if they can, they win the game, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think the Seahawks secondary is just tight enough. Yeah, I got Seattle here as well. Um, I mean, Jacksonville got a win, but they were also playing Tua. So that's kind of a given. Um on the very worst interception ever. It was not great. But, yeah. Um, I, I just the, – the, the Jags aren't good, period. Done. Moving on. Seattle wins. Uh, next game, the Broncos trying to right the ship as they host the Washington football team. This could be a little bit of an interesting game, in my opinion. I'm curious where you all land on it. Uh, Kobe. Um, gonna go Washington. 
Uh, they just have a better defense. That's, and I think they have better quarterback play as well. I think all around they're just the better team. Um, mile high is always uh, a tough place to play, but I still think Washington pulls it out. And ultimately, it's going to come down to defense. Sammy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington, and it's also going to be their defense. Uh, I think we're seeing more and more that that Denver Broncos 3-0 start was an aberration just based on who they played. They're not a very good football team. Um, they actually, from a fantasy perspective, they're decent. Uh, but my X factor is going to be uh, the wa- I was going to say Washington Redskins. The Washington football team uh, defense is just going to be too much for them. Yeah. I think both of y'all make a good point with that Washington defense. I think that D-line kind of woke up against the Packers, and I think it stays woke against the Broncos. Um, and I'm taking Washington here as well. Next matchup we got here, the Saints hosting the Buccaneers in a divisional showdown as Winston plays his former team. Sammy, these are your boys, so we'll start with you. Yeah, it's, it's my team and it's my, my guy, Jameis. So uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa just because I don't think Jameis has a grasp of this offense enough. You know, I just talked about the Seattle Seahawks' poor passing defense, and they've only got 10 points on the board, and Jameis hasn't been lighting the world on fire. I think he struggles against yet another poor pass defense in, uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, but they just got too many weapons offensively. So Jameis is my X factor, but I'm going to take Tampa. Kobe. See, doesn't this seem like a scary game to pick? It like does. the Saints could just all of a sudden come out and just absolutely smother the Buccaneers. And the Superdome. I, mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. And the Superdome is going to be crazy. Right? But but that's my thing. If they're at home. I still think the Bucs win. Um, the X, I think Jameis Winston goes off, though. It's whether or not the Saints secondary can stop any and all of those uh, weapons from the Bucs. Yeah, uh, before I make my pick, just wanted to throw a little hockey thing in here. The Capitals just won a game against the Senators in a 7-5 to final score. We had NFL games with that scoreline this week. They, they weren't final that scoreline, but they were at, you know, like we saw that scoreline at the NFL level this week. Seven to five is nuts. Uh, TJ Oshie also had a hat trick, but country roads has played a lot. Yeah. Saw that come up. Thought it was a little bit interesting. Um, but you know, that matters a little bit more than this game in my opinion, because I think it's ugly. I think the bucks get them. (laughs) Um, next game we got here, Sunday night football. I actually really like this matchup and I'm very excited to watch this game. The Vikings hosting the Cowboys. Kobe, who you got? I, you know, normally about this time every year, the Cowboys start to fall off. I I don't know that that's going to happen this year. I think they legit have a chance to be hot this year. And so I'm going to take the Cowboys, and the X factor is going to be um, that receiving core. I mean, it's continued to perform week in and week out, and it looks really good right now. Dak has to be thrilled with his receivers always being open the way they are. Sam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going Dallas as well. Very similar X factor. I think uh, Dak Prescott has been just unbelievable this year. Uh, he's made an idiot out of me. I doubted whether he's going to be able to come back from that injury. Well, it's he's, he's come back and looked 
the same guy that he was the year before. Now they've got a defense on top of it. I think they win this game going away. It's not close. I'm, I'm going Dallas. Yeah, I think I think it's close, but I also got the Cowboys here. I think the Vikings will give them a run, especially with a healthy Dalvin Cook and the fact that the Vikings are coming off a bye. I think – I mean, so is Dallas. Never mind about that pet fact. Um, but – I don't know. Minnesota was a bit more banged up. Dalvin Cook definitely wasn't a hundred percent, but I think the game's close. But I got the Cowboys. Last game we got here: Monday Night Football, good old primetime shit show, and anything that isn't Monday or Sunday night. Chiefs host the Giants. Kobe. Well, if the Chiefs are the better team, but you're right; they suck. Uh, I think it's Chiefs, and, and it's got to be – you know, I mentioned X-Factor ball security in another game. I think it was the 49ers game. But the, the X-Factor is if Mahomes could just keep the ball in the Chiefs' possession and not give it to the other team, there's a chance that, that, that they're always going to win. But uh, – Sammy. I'm going Kansas City. I think this is when we all look at each other and say, hey – that's the Kansas City we know. That's what we expect. Uh, they win the game like, like 20. Game like all them to to have. And I think the the he's my X factor is Patrick Mahomes. But I think they, uh, the the ability of the Chiefs defense to play a very beat up and battered Giants offense is uh, is going to make a big difference. If I had an X factor too, that would be it. I just don't see how the Giants can score points and move the ball. Yeah, I got the Chiefs here too. Um, and we talked about it when we were going through the rest of their season. This is one of their wins. And they, they should win this game. If they if the Chiefs lose this game, it's panic time in Kansas City. If it isn't already. Hmm. Something smells good. Here it kind of sizzle in there. I think there's a steak cooking. It's time for Kobe's prime beef take. Thanks, Quinn. So today we're talking about the MVP race and why it won't be Derrick Henry, but it definitely fucking should be. So since 1986, no defensive players ever won. That's a fun fact. Um, And exactly one, two, three, four, five. Since 1986, that's 30 plus years, mind you, five non-quarterbacks have won the MVP award. Um, most notably, most recently, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and what have you. But last year, number two, uh, um, the top three in voting did not include Derrick Henry, who had a 2,000-yard season. You had uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes right behind uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the year before, you had uh, – Christian McCaffrey was third on Offensive Player of the Year. Michael Thomas won Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. It's absolutely uh, asinine to me that you get a 2,000-yard rusher and you don't have a winner. Um, Who was the last non-quarterback to win MVP? The last non-quarterback to win MVP was Adrian Peterson, who coincidentally came off of a 2,000-yard season. 
So why didn't Derrick Henry get it when he had five more touchdowns than this MVP season from uh, from Adrian Pe- from Adrian Peterson? You know, looking back at that, the la- the running back to win it before Adrian Peterson, Ladanian Tomlinson, when uh, he had eighteen hundred yards. Now he also had a million touchdowns. He, yeah, I was going to say he had thirty-one touchdowns that season and broke yeah. records. Yeah, broke records with thirty-one touchdowns. But he still had less yards. And Derrick Henry still had 17 touchdowns. It was more than any other skill position player in the league. Um, then actually, Sean Alexander won it the year before that with 1,800 yards and 22, 27 touchdowns, 28 yeah. touchdowns. I was going to say, Tomlinson broke his record literally the next year. Yeah. So, you know, what's the difference between their years and Derrick Henry's years. Yes, there was a few more touchdowns, but like twice as almost twice as many. Ladanian Thompson's was close. Uh, Sean Alexander's wasn't twice as many. But the fact of the matter is, why is it a quarterback heavy award the way it is? I mean, why why does it take uh, a running back getting 25 touchdowns to be the MVP when Derrick Henry, we just saw this past week. Not only threw a touchdown pass, by the way, because he heard MVP was a quarterback award, um, but also the fact that they sold out the entire defense and said, fine, we will let everyone else play football. We just can't let that man run the ball. And I, it's just kind of annoying to me that this uh, subjective voting system puts a quarterback in there every time. By the way, more kickers have won the MVP award than wide receivers. There's a fun fact for you. Um, all I'm saying is these uh, voting, this voting is very, very biased to the ratings and very biased to the quarterback position, and that is USDA approved. Yeah, I think, you know, as, as heavy quarterback as the MVP award is, because the way I've always looked at it, in my opinion, is like if you removed a player from a team, how good would they still be? And I think if you remove Derrick Henry from the Titans, that team completely falls apart. And the fact that he doesn't even get to enter that conversation is bullshit. It's not quite number one bullshit because that is Sammy's. Sammy's number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Hey, thanks, Quinn. So my number one bullshit, I'm going to make it quick this week. Uh, I had some some things out there that I was going to go with. Uh, There was a referee call in the uh, Iowa State football game this weekend where a guy caught a long touchdown pass he did like half of a Dion high step on like the three yard line they threw a flag and brought the play back didn't give him a touchdown just stupid college rules I mean come on let the guy have some fun it's ridiculous didn't hurt anybody caught him for taunting uh but I decided not to go with that one once the NCAA college football polls came out I don't know if you guys caught this there was a change in the top four Oklahoma had been number three Alabama, who had one loss, was number four, and Alabama jumped them with that one loss despite the fact that Oklahoma is undefeated. Am I saying that Oklahoma is a great team? Absolutely not. Do I think they're the third best team in the country? Absolutely not. But what I do believe in is a resume and a record. And if you're undefeated, playing in a Power 5 conference, and you've won all your games, I don't care if you're down 10 nothing against Kansas in the first half. You won the game at the end of the day. And that should count for something. 
Alabama loses to, at the time, an unranked Texas A&M team and gives up 40-something points, but yet they're still above Oklahoma at this point. Jumped them this week. Uh, they also struggled for the majority of the game against Tennessee and had some late scores to make it look like a blowout. So to me, that kind of says that the AP voters, the writers, don't watch these games. They go back and they look at the box scores and they make a decision or a determination based upon these scores, how well a team played without actually doing the eyeball test. Uh, again, I'm not saying Oklahoma is a great team, but at this point, it's not you're not ranking teams on who you think is the best. You're ranking teams on who has the best resume at this point. A team that hasn't lost yet shouldn't be jumped by a team who has lost a game against an unranked team. So that's my number one bullshit. It makes no sense. Let's uh, you know, let's figure out how these these rankings, these polls work. It's an archaic system that doesn't even really factor in anymore with the the whole uh, BCS and uh, you know, they they got a, a entire group that determines who's going to be in the playoff anyway. So the polls don't even really factor in. It's uh, it's it's bullshit. And I said I said BCS. I should have said college football playoff, but you guys know what I meant. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. It just makes you shake your head. Like how what the hell? Oklahoma's winning games, Alabama's lost one, but yet they're going down in the rankings. So that's my number one bullshit, and it just frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting. I think both your number one bullshit and Kobe's prime beef take go hand in hand, where it's people that are just purely looking at stats that don't actually watch the games. No, fuck just looking at stats for the MVP thing. That you're right. They're not watching the games, but they're not looking at stats either because, I mean, Derrick Henry on the year is averaging like five yards a carry. Yeah, so what, probably what, somewhere in that range. I had it pulled up. I don't need more. Uh, it's actually four but, and a half after this past week. But the but fact still. of the matter is the only way to even compete with this team is to – Kill Derrick Henry, and they still lost by three scores. And then to Sammy's point, the AP has always been biased towards the SEC. There's a lot of ESPN writers there. ESPN has the SEC deal. We just have to deal with that. Unfortunately, that's a fact of life. Until we actively do something to fix that, which I don't know what we can even do, it's going to continue to, to be skewed towards the SEC. And there will usually be two SEC teams in the playoffs, or at least ones on the fringe. So here is here is what I will say, and actually I completely agree with Kobe's point. In the future, when Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, you would not have seen Alabama jump Oklahoma just now. Not absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, and it's it's pathetic, but that is the way of the world. And like you said, at the end of the day, those AP rankings don't really matter because they don't impact who goes to the college football playoffs. At the end of the day, if Oklahoma doesn't drop a single game, which they probably, even though they're not that good, the Big 12 is really bad this year, and they're in division conference play at this point. Hey, if WVU's offense was worth a fuck, they'd have one loss. That's true. Yeah. I, I, they literally did not lead that game until they kicked a field goal as time expired. Um, I don't remember – I, I'm not. I don't remember. I remember looking it up, but I don't recall. Did they drop in the rankings after that game with WVU? Do you know, Sammy? I do not believe they did. They yeah. did not. 
and they that I think that game was more deserving of them dropping than this one. And if they did, the thing is, if they did drop, they they dropped to another team that was undefeated. They didn't get jumped by a team that had lost. Yep. But yeah, um, yeah, I I think it's complete nonsense. Um, But you know. Maybe you want to talk to us further about what we think is complete nonsense. Maybe you disagree. There are places you can debate with us, like on Twitter. Uh, Kobe, where can they find you? Uh, at BeefGarvin36, I will argue with you about anything. There you go. Go argue with Kobe on Twitter. Sammy, where can they find you? Uh, hit me up on at Samuel underscore Gordon if you want to hear why Jameis Winston is the best college football quarterback of all time. You want to talk about <laughs> scotch. You want to talk about scotch. Uh, if you want to talk about fantasy football, soccer, or anything in between, I'm game. I'm up for it. So hit me up at Samuel underscore Gordon. Yeah, you can find me at Quinn underscore Cusky on Twitter. Um, yeah, and I mean, hockey season's fully underway. I definitely want to be talking some hockey. Um, Zay, you want to talk that? I'm down. You want to talk football? You need fantasy advice? I'm usually around. Um, you know, or you know, maybe you want some beer suggestions. You can throw me, you know, whatever. Or, you know, maybe maybe you want some music suggestions. If you fall on that, like, rock and metal genre, I've, I've got a track record of finding shit, finding stuff that people like. Um, and speaking of stuff that you might like, I got one for you here. This band, they I, I've been a fan of them for a few years. Uh, they just had some new stuff come out on Friday. All three songs are really good. Um, but this one is the title track and it is fantastic. Uh, the band is Shaman's Harvest. The song is Under Your Skin. It's great. Check it out. We're out. Peace. Later, fellas. This is who I'm for the love.